Hello, this is Chad Walls, and you are listening to the Building Walls Podcast. Another day, another dollar, Mr. Dayton. The Building Walls Podcast is live and on the I love air. it. It is the Building Walls. I'm glad you can say that now. Well, yeah. often. Without dying. Yeah, that's nice. It's Anyhow. been a long couple of weeks. It has been a long couple of weeks. I am not going to lie. Uh, you know, Chad, you and I have uh, both experienced firsthand the Rona, COVID-19. The Rona. Yep. It so, came and it uh, went. It came and it went. So, what, about four weeks ago, we had Lou the Legend, right? Yep. And after that, it was you on the rant. And then last week, it was... My man, Dave P. David. In the heat. Well done, my man. Thanks for Did you just call in. him David? Is that what yeah. you said? I don't yes. think I've ever called him David. I'm just, that's interesting. Well, I don't know him. It's a formality <clears throat> thing. Yeah, it's great. So I, I think I, it's I, my I, turn this week. How do, you, I, how do you even say his last name? Prisbalo? That's pretty close. Prisbillo. Prisbillo? He is a Polak. I love it. He's, I say that because I know he's going to listen to this. It's probably down with the uh, the old pierogi, uh, yeah. And I and I love a good pierogi. Some hoagies and, love... and grinders. So anyway, very much appreciated, Dave filling in, and uh, <laughs> let's turn it over to the man himself, Mister Walls. Rant time. So, I, I Rant. Mean, there's a few a, a few things. One is how long does a team have to fail? and fail in the present before things happen. Changes are made. Quintricia is now gone from the Detroit Lions, Bob Quinn and Matt Patricia. But really who I was talking about is Jim Harbaugh. How does Michigan lose to 0-5 Penn State who got rolled by every team they face? Besides Michigan, of course. And I'm not sure how I feel about Harbaugh. That was, I mean, in the last five years now, Michigan's played the best football that they've played in 10 years. And who do you replace him with, right? I mean, literally the gap that Harbaugh or that Michigan needs filled is from a 10-win season to a national championship. That's the gap. I mean, how many programs would like to have that as their gap, right? Mm. 10 wins to a national championship. That's the gap. He's won 10 games multiple times. But I think now we come to an interesting situation where it's not about 10 wins anymore. It's about this fact he finally has his own quarterback there, and they blow. They have Don Brown, who is a defensive mastermind. Their defense sucks. They are not a good football team. I mean, this is – circa 2000 whenever when rich rod was on his way out and brady hoke was in like some of those really bad years that's how bad this football team looks they can't cover a pass they barely put pressure on the quarterback they can't run the football they can't catch a pass on offense i mean they don't do a whole lot of things good it's michigan football michigan football the winning winningest program of all time michigan football this is where we are. It's amazing. I mean, Michigan could go out and just about grab any 
single coach because they know the recruiting base is there. All they have to do is find the right players and put together a decent game plan. That's all you got to do. And what I was thinking the other day, <clears throat> I feel like maybe it's because Jim Har Harbaugh is like he's not uh, he's not a developer, right? So you can coach great in the NFL because you're smart. You don't need to develop professionals. Some of them you do, granted. But overall, the guys in the NFL are professional players, right? So you, you don't have to develop them the same way you do 18-year-old kids who just need a little bit of TLC still. And I think that's why Har Harbaugh is maybe a great NFL coach and not a good college coach. And maybe Patricia is the exact opposite. Maybe he tries to baby these these guys, and that's why they freaking hate him, right? I mean, so many guys have come out and said that he's a huge dick. Maybe it's because he doesn't know how to handle professional athletes, and they don't want to play for him. Because these Lions teams over the past three years have had some pretty darn good talent and came off two nine and seven seasons prior. And ran. Unbelievable. I've got a big announcement. And this uh, may come as a surprise to you. Oh, God. <laughs> I am uh, literally today applying for the position of general manager of Detroit <laughs> Lions. And as for real, I've uh, constructed uh, my resume and uh, talked with Kat. And she's all for it. And uh, we know it's a long shot. But uh, can you just imagine me in a press conference being announced as the new general manager of the Detroit Lions? As long as you do it like like uh, Jim Leland. You know, we uh, went out to our player pretty good game and uh, threw a lot of balls. No. And I tell you, you just got to no. do your thing. I'll tell you what. Let's talk about this, Chad, since we've got some time. And you brought up the, the you know, the teams and just – this is this is actually a leadership topic, you know, because isn't that what's failing? That's what failed. Quinn failed as a leader. He didn't put his people in a position to win. Mm. And that translates very directly is there's a score. There's a score every single week. Every whether week. you won or lost, won or lost, and were you winning or are you losing? And he, in his tenure, lost and lost big. His choices are reflected in his record. You look at Harbaugh, you talk about Harbaugh. That's a leadership thing. What is going on? Why is the team failing? Why are these kids not performing and maximizing their talent? Because it's not because they're not good athletes. Michigan gets recruits all the time that they're the top, you know, 25 recruiting class every single year, year in, year out. So it's a leadership thing. But they're not a top 25 team. Right. Yeah. I mean, Michigan State single-handedly ended the Michigan's program because Michigan oh, was coming off of <laughs> Michigan Beach. Not Minnesota. a Michigan State thing now. Oh, my no, God. I'm just saying. I'm just saying you're 1-0. You're coming off a big win at Minnesota. You think you're good. And then all of a sudden you're at home against the worst, you know, Michigan State team of all time. And uh, that did just come off throwing seven, you know, or having seven turnovers against freaking Rutgers. So and you lost, right you lost to them. I'm so appalled. You lost to them. 
<clears throat> in fact, that was their only win. And Michigan State has continued to suck until yesterday, in which case oh, they geez. beat Northwestern. Jeez. You know, so another, another top 15 victory oh, my for God. early on. So, yeah, for, I don't know how Michigan State won. Their quarterback is awful. He's he was terrible. 11 for 27. Against Michigan, he was like 11 for 60. That's absolutely exaggerated, but that's yeah. how bad he is. But it still is horrible. But, it, you know, so here, Chad, I'm sitting here thinking, I've been a, a longtime resident of the Detroit metropolitan area. Mm. I am acutely aware of the struggles that the fan base has with the Lions in particular, the, the frustration, the anger, the disappointment, and all of those are uh, mixed together at some level and have been bubbling over for 40 years. You know, the, in, the ineptitude of being able to get the right talent and the right cohesive mix of players is, is tough. It's tough to watch as a fan. And then they've brought in, you know, different types of coaches, different systems. They've all made promises that have been, quite frankly, empty-handed. That's what sounds good in the moment, you know? And here's the thing that I was thinking about. What is the identity? What, when you think of the Detroit Lions, what, do you, what, what exactly do you think of? If you're an opposing team and you're looking at your schedule – you're licking your chops. You're like, oh, man, I can't. I hope we play them early in the season because that's an easy W. They don't have anybody. They, they're, they're, they've got a couple, you know, decent players. You know, you know Stafford, regardless of what you think about him, is, a, is an above-average quarterback uh, and can beat you on any given Sunday. Uh, they've got some talent on mm-hmm. the team, but they can't put it all together. There's no one position group that makes you go, oh, my God. I can't. I don't want to play this. And as mm. general manager, I'll tell you what what I would do. And if I get an interview, here's the preview of the interview, is that I would walk in and go, your problem isn't that you don't have good people here. It's that you don't have the right people. You need to have an identity. And furthermore, you need somebody who actually understands the fan base and understands what we want represented on the field. We don't want West Coast dink and dunk and this type of football and just, you know, uh, fancy, you know, highlight real stuff. We don't, that, that, that looks good every now and then. That's not Detroit. Here's Detroit. Tough. Strong. Mm, like a bull. We need, here's what I would do. I would build the fiercest front seven on defense you've ever seen. Yeah, they need to be with, like bulls in a china shop. Yeah. They need to have players and, and people who are so big, so fast, so strong, that whether you win or lose, the other team goes, I don't want to play them. I don't. I'm going to get hurt. I'm scared. They need to look at the schedule and go, damn it, we're playing Detroit? Oh, that's going to be a long couple of weeks because we're going to hurt for three weeks afterwards. I mean, we've because been waiting for 30 pain. years for that. 30 years. And they need to put it together, and they need to have an identity, a la Pittsburgh Steelers. When you think Pittsburgh Steelers, what do you think of, Chad? The steel mills. Yeah, toughness. <laughs> Linebackers, right? I was totally what throwing you shocker. out there. I wanted to see what you 
how you reacted. But I'm, for real, it's toughness. The Pittsburgh's you're right, you're right, tough you're as right. nails. They're Steel City. They draft <laughs> linebackers, you know, from uh, all kinds of guys. James Harrison, Kevin Green. Mean right, Joe they play Green. forward. And, and oh, gosh, they, they drafted Devin Bush. Oh, what a shocker. He's a freaking stud because he fits in. He fits into the, the, their model. And the problem is we, in Detroit, we don't have a model. So you need somebody who can be a leader, who can create an identity and can stick to it and understands the fan base and can communicate what you're trying to do. And everyone will know it. Everyone will know that when you come to Detroit, you're going to get your butt kicked. You're yeah, they really do. Beating. You're going to take a woman. <clears throat> they need to build this team from the, like you said, the front seven on, right? Instead of trying to always draft a playmaker, which right. I love Big Hawk. He's a great tight end. He's got size. He's got speed. He's young. But we still, now that DeAndre Swift's gone, we really don't have a running back, right? I mean, AP's solid, but he's old. He's really old. Kayon Johnson, when he got injured, just not the same, right? DeAndre Swift's the guy, but he's already been riddled with concussions now. So it's about, like you said, just being tough, creating an identity and having consistency from the front office down. Consistency. Mm -hmm. Because unless you have a coach like a Mike Tomlin who has been there for a decade plus, there's no consistency because these coaches come in, they want to run different schemes. They want to get all pretty and fancy. They want to bring in their own personnel, mm -hmm. do this, that, and the other. And that's, that's, that, that's the hardest thing as you're going through it. Right. Speaking of consistency, doing things like this, there's some things that just appall me, Christopher. Okay. Well, tell me, I need to know what appalls you. <laughs> So the first thing that I think is hilarious is Joe Biden, Mr. President-elect, the office of the president-elect, right? Talking about unity, unity, unity. How Trump didn't condemn white supremacists. Biden still hasn't condemned looters and rioters. It's a ridiculous It's, it's still going on. The first thing Biden wants to do, first hundred days he wants to do, he says he's going to submit a bill allowing for illegals in this country to become legal. Now, I've seen different things. The first thing I saw said just that, and I'm thinking to myself, okay, this is a little off, right? This is clearly talking about amnesty. I click on, I read along, read further, and I see a lot of things. It's not about amnesty, even though that's the head, headline leads you to believe. It's about creating a pathway for illegals, right? Because otherwise, what do they do? They go to the government and say, I want to be legal. And the government says, well, you're already here illegally. What do you mean you want to be legal? You're here illegally. Uh, <laughs> bye. So it wants to create a pathway for that, right? But then it's like the more I dig into stuff that from liberal uh, news sources, it actually is probably going to be Obama 2.0, right? Where we don't create a pathway. Our pathway is amnesty, which amnesty says, here's an executive order. If you're in the country at this moment and you are illegal, you're automatically legal. 
and people don't, I say people, people who voted for Biden don't have an issue with that. That's just okay. Try to get into your favorite country that you want to talk about with socialism and this, that, and the other, Norway. Oh, Norway. Let me know how easy it is for you to become a legal citizen in Nor Norway. I'll make it quick for you. Good luck. You're going to need a lot of it. Make sure and grab a four-leaf clover in, uh, in good old Ireland on the way over because you're going to need it. So what part of this crazy stuff is okay and what part of this is helping us unite and becoming more unified? It's one of the biggest hypocrisies that we have going right now uh, is this idea and this notion that for the last four years, we've been lectured to and told there was collusion, uh, the president shouldn't be the president, uh, the system's broken, uh, you know, that we're dividing the country, we're ruining everything. And quite frankly, the left is the only side that these people, they keep hammering everybody, telling everybody under the sun and anybody who will listen how terrible everything is. Right. And then the minute they win, they're like, you know what, come together. Hey, no, it's time to put everything aside. We're supposed to be peaceful. Well, uh, let's unify. Uh, yeah. Okay. Get in line. There was no collusion. Um, yeah, we didn't cheat. Nothing. You know, the election was totally fair. Uh, you're going to have to accept everything. And uh, furthermore, um, you know, we, we expect you to do what we tell you to do and not what we say. Um, if you guys, you know, the guys that voted for Biden and for socialism, not everybody, but there's a big part of the Democratic Party that really does believe, you know, the AOC and the squad and all these people who have, they have followers. They didn't get there by accident. <clears throat> and all those people, quite frankly, need to just go to a different country. Stop trying to change our country. For real. Go. Your, what you're looking for already exists. You're not creating anything <laughs> new. It already exists. Go to Cuba. It's a Caribbean island. You can have your socialism there. Enjoy. Go, go to China. Go live in communist China. Go live in Russia. But stop trying to change our fundamentals. That's what they're trying to do. And quite frankly, it's egregious. Again, it's, this is all about leadership. And they've elected people, you know, as leaders and representatives. It's it just, Chad, I can't take it anymore. Mm. I, I, I'm done with the hypocrisy. I'm done with the, you do what I tell you to do. And then I'm going to go do whatever I want. You know, from and this is exactly how it was with Obama. Yeah. We're right back to her. You know, I just saw that uh, Governor Gretchen Whitler, Whitmer, uh, sorry, <laughs> Uh, got nominated for Time Person of the Year, along with like Cuomo and all these other people. And here's the thing. I can't take this anymore. And somebody needs to enlighten me as to when we decided that the government gets to decide who lives and who dies. When did we cut to that point? When, where's that in the Constitution that the government, the people we elect, get to choose what we do and who lives and who dies? That's not how this works. That's not how it's ever worked. It's never going to work that way. 
because it's not freedom. We're now handing over authority to a governor or to a state, or in this case, even Joe Biden, a, a president like Biden, that we're somehow supposed to be subjective to their rules. This is not a dictatorship. This is not a monarchy. This is not any, even an oligarchy or any other kind of form of government. You don't get to tell other people what to do. And we just had Thanksgiving, and this is a this is crazy that we're in 2020, and they said how many people you can have come over to your house that you purchased and paid for and own that piece of land. That's your land. That is not the government's land. That's not your neighbor's land. That is your property. And they're telling you what to do on your property. It's crazy. Man, I can tell you. Stop. I can tell you have been cured from the Rona. Oh, man. I love it. Woo! It, so everything you're saying, right, Chris? Gotta eat some turkey. But it's still okay to loot and riot. It is unbelievable that this is happening right before our eyes. It is unbelievable that – here's the thing. No one was excited for Joe Biden. No one. No one I spoke to said – Joe Biden is my guy for 47 years in government. If I could have picked anyone, I wouldn't even have, have picked Obama to run again. I would have picked Joe Biden. I'm so glad he is president elect. No one said that. No one said that, right? There was such a huge movement for Trump that in countries like Japan, in Hong Kong, in African countries, there have been protests ever since the election saying that Trump should be president. Who has this happened for ever in history that other countries and in some of these countries, they barely have access to media. They're suppressed, they're oppressed and they're still wanting Donald Trump. Right? So my, my whole thing with this is for anyone to, read any of these stories and look at anything and see how CNN, MSNBC, BuzzFeed, Buzz whatever is not even talking about this whatsoever, but they wanted to talk about the Steele dossier. They're not even talking about this to not even admit that there was any irregularity whatsoever when no one was excited for Joe Biden. I guarantee you, this was a sham from the start, right? Because there was judges illegally changing voter law, saying people could mail in ballots without requesting absentee ballots, saying that people could vote early. All these things, a change to election law, and that they, they, had, to, they had to have harvested ballots because there's no way that that many more people and that many people, period, voted for someone that they were not excited about. When is the last time that you went to work at your job and you went fired up and did such a great job because you hated your job, right? Right. No one right. wakes up and wants to go to work because they hate their job. You're more apt to take action, to go to work, to do something because you think it's going to make a positive impact. 
because you're excited to go do it. You're excited for that person. Yeah. So this stuff's crazy. I mean, think about the fact that in 38, 1938, Adolf Hitler related to Gretchen Whitler. I'm kidding. <laughs> um, was time person of the year. 39, guess who it was? Joseph Stalin. 42, Joseph Stalin. 57, Nikita Khrushchev. 79, Ayatollah Khomeini, whatever her name is. <laughs> but let's talk about the fact that Hitler and Stalin were times people of the year. Yeah. I mean, if I'm Whitmer, that's not necessarily a list I want to be on. But anyways, back to irregularities. So I looked up me in Sydney's voter history in North Carolina, which you figured if this is a system and this voting system, it would be updated relatively quick since how it was more than two weeks after the election. Me and Sydney have zero voter history in North, North Carolina. Oh, wow. That seems like so quite did a... Your, did your vote count? Granted, North Carolina did go red and we voted did red. But did it count? I don't know, right? So if this happened in a red state, I mean, how long does this stuff take to Why? work? Because hey. the government spent millions and billions of dollars for this voting system. And I live in Wayne County in Detroit, Michigan, you know, <laughs> the, the county that Detroit's in. Did my vote count? Did it? I don't know. There's a, in, in statistics, there's anomalies. There are times when, you know, if you flip a coin, you can flip a coin and it can be heads two times in a row. It can be heads three times in a row. It can right. be heads odds four times in a row. Odds and probabilities, right? Odds and probabilities. But the statistic odds that 100,000 votes show up in the middle of the night and they were 100% for one candidate. Right. When has this ever happened in the past? That's a statistical anomaly that's never <clears throat> happened. Now, the fact that it happened in five different swing areas that just, oh, so happened to be what's pushing the needle and turning the entire election from Detroit to Philadelphia to Atlanta to uh, Phoenix to Las Vegas, uh, you've got all these major cities that all of a sudden have irregularities and statistic anomalies. And it's, if you don't understand statistics, it's okay. But the general premise of it is there's balance. And even in a voting, it's unlikely that in every single one of those cases, there were massive amounts of new data that came in that only happened for one candidate. You're going to tell me that in right. the everywhere, of our elections, everywhere, everywhere, it only happened for one candidate. Correct. The same candidate. The same candidate which is statistically improbable. Now, the problem is you have to prove it. You have to prove it. And that's where they're running out of time. But it doesn't mean it's kind of like OJ. You know damn well he killed her, <laughs> right? Everybody knows that, hey, if, but they couldn't prove it. If it doesn't fit, you must have quit. You must have quit. You must have quit. I wonder how you know, much the, how much the prosecutors got paid to make a bonehead move like that in the OJ Simpson trial. Yeah, that's a good question. Who's on the take? 
No one was like, hey, there's blood on the glove. It's going to dry and shrink, just so you know. Um, Yeah. So I I just look at the the anomaly, and I think I like what Donald Trump said the other day. Joe Biden has 80 million votes, which is more than Hillary Clinton, more than Obama, like by 20% more. More more votes than people who were excited to vote for those candidates. Correct. (laughs) Right? No one was excited to vote for Biden. Again, people were excited to vote for Hillary, for crooked Hillary, for Obama, Bill Clinton. Here's the very odd part. In the House of Representatives, uh, the Republicans held every one of their seats and then added 14 more. like 27 and 0. They went against the, the Democrats. But but right and like how so how does that seat? happen in every contested seat except for because it's not going to change the balance of power in the House of Representatives because right because they, they weren't the, they weren't focusing they on weren't that focused right? on that they weren't focused on that they just wanted the big one the big fish so the Republicans can go twenty seven and zero win every close race and but then Biden can show up with eighty million votes more than any other candidate in the history of getting and biden's so dynamic so electric so amazing that he's he's outdone every candidate for president in the history of the united states of america and he's got he's 80 so eloquent votes. of speech and i think you know what quite frankly he needs to prove that those votes are real he needs to prove they're real because i i don't believe that 80 million people voted for him Quite frankly, if 80 million people did, then we have got a really messed up country. I think 80 million people did vote for him. I don't, not, but not legally. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it is illegal for someone else to take your vote and submit it. That is this biggest, this big issue with ballot harvest harvesting right here's something else that's funny i was thinking about so imagine being someone in two like in 2012 mitt romney right Mm. this is this is kind of like another joe biden thing right mitt romney got swept darn near he got wiped why because no one liked mitt romney no one was excited to go vote for Mitt Romney besides Mormons in Utah. Nobody, right? Nobody still likes Mitt and, Romney. Right. Imagine that people only voted for you because there was no other choice. Right. You're Joe Biden right now. You're president elect. People didn't vote for you because they like you. If anything, the legal votes for you were in spite of Trump. Think about that. Mm. Think about being the president but it's not because people like you, right? People might say it because you're, you're a Democrat and they're Democrat and you won the election. We got to stick together, yeah, we but, voted party lines. Like I said, if it was down to o- Obama or Biden, you're voting for Obama, right? All, every single one of those people, no one voted for Biden because they like him. If you're one of those people, take a seat because you're lying. It's a sad state of affairs. I don't even think no. his own wife wanted to vote for him i think she would prefer to jill. vote for obama jill yeah i like as people say dr jill biden whatever don't, don't mess it up she's a doctor we don't want to be sexist or 
whatever the word is that they use, whatever the word of the day is on this show. But imagine being Mitt Romney, right? And no one wanted to vote for you. And then you think that you're going to stand up and say, I'm not voting for Trump. No one cares, Mitt. No one cares. No one. So there's, I mean, you're right, Chris. There's just such crazy irregularities and it all happened for the same person across multiple states, across the country, right? And maybe they're not investigating other states because it doesn't really matter as much. But the fact that there was just these vast irregularities, right? In swing states specifically, that there was these same things that people document in Michigan and Pennsylvania and Wisconsin where trucks show up at 3 a.m. and all of a sudden the vote changes big time because Trump was leading in every single one of those states by a pretty good margin, right? And he even closed the gap in uh, Arizona. In Georgia, he was leading big. In Georgia, he was leading big. Georgia. In Philadelphia. Georgia. And they went blue. He was winning by 600. Almost 700,000. So he he had to literally get like less than 30% of those 1.4 million remaining votes. That's huge. So he was destroying him in the rest of the state, destroying him, crushing him. And he had to get less than 30% of the remaining votes. And he didn't. He actually got, he, I mean, he got like 20% of the remaining votes. Trump did. Because mm-hmm. <clears throat> now Biden's up pretty big in the state. So you're telling me it jumped that big? I mean, so Biden had to have got like a million of the 1.4 remaining, no more than that, like 1.1 million, and Trump got 300,000 for it to flip the way that it did. That is wild. This Mm -hmm. is Pennsylvania. It's not California. It's not New York City, right? It's not the Northeast. I mean, these are huge, huge, huge anomalies. But it's okay because you can't have more than 10 people in your house. You have to wear masks on Thanksgiving, but you can still go loot and riot. One of the funniest things I, I've seen lately is they were saying numbers and people were down shopping this year. Well, it's because most people already have all of their riot and looting presents. So right. they don't they even went purchase anything. Up. Yeah. They made sure and got shopping out of the way six months early. Why, why wait for a deal on Black Friday? We just wait for the next uh, peaceful protest. Yeah. So let's, uh, with all this going on, let's talk about our experience here with the Rona and your experience, what your take is from it. Uh, Cause I think this is, it's very interesting <clears throat> for myself. I mean, we're kind of on different ends of the spectrum. I mean, you have a few health concerns, nothing like crazy. Um, and I'm the exact opposite. I'm what, 13, 12 years younger. I'm 30 years old and have zero health challenges whatsoever. Yeah. 14 years difference between us. 14 years. Yeah. We both experienced the Rona pretty similarly. Mm -hmm. I would say. Yeah. I mean, I got it. It came down pretty quick. I had a fever, uh, and you know, was pretty much uh, locked into bed for a while there. My biggest I mean, concern. What else are you going to do? <laughs> uh, yeah. 
my uh, my biggest concern was actually for my wife, who, uh, you know, I, I got married a little over a year ago, and uh, love, you know, being married and having a family. That's nice. And part of part of what uh, you know attracted me to my wife is her strength, because she's a cancer survivor. She's had she's had a battle with Hodgkin's lymphoma, uh, and she was able to. Uh, overcome that uh, with some, uh, you know, treatments that were not mainstream. She was part of a clinical trial uh, for an kind of out of the box type thinking thing, and it saved her life. And she has been, uh, you know, over five, now six years uh, in remission. Praise Jesus. Good for her. And uh, but you know when the the coronavirus was going around, one of the big things they kept saying, Chad, is people with a you know, compromised immune systems. Yeah, pre-existing conditions. You're going to die. Conditions. Yeah, and I have, uh, you know, hypertension. I battled with, you know, high blood pressure. I had an episode this summer uh, that was pretty scary where my blood pressure shot up to, you know, 220 over 110, uh, which uh, was, you know, a little intense. Could have struck out at any time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right? Uh, but... Uh, you know, so you got, you got all these things, these factors, it's my personal family, my, you know, my situation. And then I get coronavirus and I was a little scared. The Rona. I would, you know, and even though I didn't feel like, you know, death was a, a, a possibility. Yeah. The Grim Reaper wasn't staying with yeah. the sickle on your doorstep my or whatever life, thing he is. Life was not flashing before my eyes. <clears throat> I didn't see a light, uh, nothing. I was just, you know, very uncomfortable. Uh, and sick. Uh, people have been sick. I've been sick before, and I got sick. And unfortunately, because I got it, my wife got it, and that was where I was concerned. Now, interestingly enough, she rebounded it within two to three days. Yeah. Whoa. Whoa. Wait. But she has a pre-existing condition. Yeah, she got it. What do you she mean? Very uh, mild fever. Uh, Doesn't make sense. And uh, you know, that's not what about- CNN told us. That's not what MSNBC told us. It's not, not what the science told us. Yeah, that's either. not what Maddow said. So, <laughs> praise Jesus. I mean, it, we, it passed through. We have it. We got rid of it. I got better. It took me about eight days, though. I was out for eight days and then quarantined. Uh, and uh, But now fever-free. You know, I have a lot of good friends and doctors and uh, people who care about me and following up, watching my uh, blood oxygen level, making sure that that didn't dip down or I didn't, uh, you know, run into problems with respiratory. Uh, so I was able to, you know, get back on my feet and, and be up and going. And it's interesting now, uh, the interactions I've had with people, you know, you tell them, yeah, I had coronavirus. And they're like, oh, when? And I'm like, oh, three weeks ago. And they're like, oh, oh. And it's like, <laughs> no, I mean, we're either going to follow the science and you understand that you can get it and then you can't, you're not contagious anymore. I'm not a carrier. I am yeah. not a carrier. I mean, I had that conversation with someone. I said, literally, according to the CDC, if it's been 10 days from my first symptoms or from symptoms. someone's first symptoms, and I am now symptom free with the exception of maybe a lingering cough or headaches right. or loss of taste, but you know, you don't have body aches, you don't have a nasty cough. Yeah, you're not about to die. You're not having chills, fever, all that stuff. Then you're free to roam the world, according to the CDC. 
my, my doctor told me that the biggest key indicator was not having a fever for three days consecutive. Right. That if you break the fever and it doesn't come back and you don't have it for three days in a row and onward, then you are no longer contagious. So, so, so speaking of science, what was that? What did you say the other day? We were chatting on the phone. You said, oh, yeah, uh, I, I know exactly what I, it's because I'm dealing with family and other people and, and, you know, the people who uh, are on the left, they, yeah, this is huge. I think this is, this is really important. If you're listening, like, this is a powerful statement. They, these people preach to you the science right up until their fear overrides the science and they mm. want to live and have their fear lead the way. Uh, you can't do that. It's not, it's one or the other because science by definition is the removal of uncertainty, which is what the root of fear is. You know, whenever right. you think, think about what, when I've been afraid of something, it's because I don't know what's going to happen or false evidence I'm, appearing real. Yeah. Right. Whatever the, you grand, call the, it. the perfect acronym for it, but you know, you don't know what's going to happen in the future. I don't know what's around that corner. I'm afraid, you know, that's what it is. But science is the removal of fear because it's the removal of uncertainty. <laughs> right. It says we're going to take something, we're going to prove it out proof. Along, along the path Correct. to get, you know, to get more certainty here. Whatever the answer is, we're starting with, with a hypothesis first, right? And then looking for where that takes us. Yeah, it's called the scientific method. So just because, well it doesn't, yeah, just because it doesn't take us down the path that, you want it to take you down because of your fear doesn't mean we should remove the science behind it. Cause dude, you are so right. I've told people that. And I mean, we're for you a few days more. Cause I started getting symptoms two days after you, they were, I mean, they're like, are you okay? I go, I, I've literally, I'm 16 days removed from my first symptoms. Right. Like I can tell you, I don't wake up sweating still. I, I can't sit yeah. in my chair with three blankets on me and not feel warm. I'm, yeah, not, I'm on day, I'm on day yeah, 19. I'm no longer <laughs> dying. Okay. Like, do you understand any of the science, how any of this is spread? And what I find interesting though, is to help them more meet this science. The, every time that I look at stats for the Rona or like incubation periods, somehow they just continue to get bigger and bigger. Mm -hmm. right and it's just it's just wild how the media portrays things as my story is i think i actually had bad symptoms a little longer than you a couple days longer um and i lost my sense of taste which i still don't have smell mm. i mean you can fart right in my face i won't even know it unless i hear it <laughs> uh, i mean i literally cannot smell anything <laughs> this is my whole indicator to see whether or not I can, I can smell yet is I take some, some hard liquor in my freezer and I open it up and I sniff as hard as I can and Ooh. I still cannot smell it. Wow. And I was thinking, why don't I just rip a shot here and see what happens? Um, but you know, it's, it's crazy that everything that they've told us, you have preexisting conditions. You're, I mean, 12, you're not crazy old. Um, 44 but you're 14 years older than I am. Mm -hmm. Well, my birthday's in like four days, so I guess you're really 13. My man. Um, <clears throat> so you're older than I am by over 10 years. And I mean, I may, I had bad symptoms longer 
than you a couple days longer. And I mean, every, every day when I would get a fever, I knew, I knew when I was getting a fever cause I would start to feel like crap, uh -huh. absolute crap. I would check my temp and all of a sudden it's hundred point point one, whatever it is. <clears throat> but it's just, it's just crazy that me and you both experiencing it. I mean, and I was working out, I've been working out every day for the better part of a half a year and I've been eating better and I got wrecked with the Rona pretty, pretty good. And interesting enough, I don't know what this has to do with anything, but in my experience, it was almost like either, I don't want to say the healthcare industry didn't care about me. Maybe they, I think part of it is health, healthcare workers are overworked. You know, anytime you go into a hospital, there's never enough staff. There's never yeah. enough staff. Anybody so who know. Nine months of this stuff. Yeah. I mean, know, anyone who you know out. who works in the hospital always complains about staffing. There's never enough staffing. I mean, people complain about stuff every day. So you got to factor that in too. But yeah, you're right. Plus they've been dealing with this stuff for, for nine months now, right? But I called the COVID hotline in the area here told them that I was having shortness of breath. I couldn't get a deep breath. Mm. Someone and she's like, Oh, well, you know, I'm not, I'm not a licensed medical professional. Let me have someone call you, call you back. Uh, I'm still waiting. It's been five, five days now, I think. Uh, I think longer than that actually seven. I don't think eight. they're calling you, man. Yeah. I don't think they're calling me back. Uh, but thank God I just started, I just forced myself to breathe deeper on my own until I broke through it literally, I, I, I was trying to breathe deep for a day and it sucked. I would cough so hard every time. Mm -hmm. And I just continued to force myself to breathe deeper, to breathe deeper. But for all I know, cause shortness of breath was, is one of the serious things that they talk about with symptoms, right? Oh, if yeah. you don't have shortness of breath, whatever, we don't worry about you. If you do come in, they, you know, well, if someone reach out to you, get a doctor's appointment, whatever it is, I was having that and literally no one responded to me. I could have gotten pneumonia. Other things could have developed. I don't know. Mm. Right. Be why? Maybe because I didn't have a pre-existing condition. Maybe that's why they didn't reach out to me. Right. Because I mean, the maybe. only ones who can get it bad have pre-existing conditions. Well, the interesting <clears throat> part too is now with the vaccine that's literally being rolled out to the frontline workers and I think we are at the end of this. Chad, I mean, let me ask this. <clears throat> I think knowing what I know today, I think that the coronavirus can absolutely <clears throat> do a lot of damage to a, to a segment of people. I agree. The elderly, the elderly uh, specifically, you know, uh, older people and the people who are in really, really bad health. Right. You know, uh, I'm grossly overweight, uh, you know, the people who have not taken care of themselves. I think coronavirus right. is absolutely uh, capable of wiping out a large segment of those people. I agree. So the remaining people, which is, you know, 98% of the population, you know, is not going to die from this. And they're going to get sick and it's going to suck. And then we can get back to work. And I just do not agree with the shutting down of businesses 
and being told by government what we can and cannot do based on the fact that they want to save lives. Yeah, and I think, let me throw this in there, my last point from my little story that I think solidified this for me was the fact that my wife's pregnant, about 25, 26 weeks now, and she called her doctor's office and it wasn't like, oh my gosh, you have the Rona or you could have the Rona. It was don't come and see us if you test pos positive. You have to get tested first, do not come and see us. Do not come and see us. Sydney's like, well, what should I do? Just get tested. Mm. Take some Tylenol because you're pregnant. Get tested. Be safe. But just do not, do not come and see us. Yeah. Oh, wow. So stay, you don't. Stay quarantined. Yeah. So you don't really care. It's almost like, you know, it's not really a big deal because you're a young individual, even if you're pregnant. Mm. but we need to lock down businesses so people don't get, get this. We don't really care if you get it, but we got to make sure you don't get it. Yeah, it's, it's, uh... <laughs> That's literally based on our two stories. What I can gather, we don't care it's... if you get it, but we don't want you to get it. The problem is too, that there's people who are counting on money and uh, how are, you're coming into the holiday period. You've got, um, you know, if I just saw an article actually that said that there were more people who committed suicide in Japan last year or last month than have died of coronavirus the entire year because of what's done to the economy, what it's done to, you know, people's livelihood. And they don't know how they're going to get by. They don't know how they're going to put food on the table. They don't know how they're going to pay for their house. They don't know we how don't they're going to care about you. Continue. Just and the problem that. is the government looks at him and goes, but you're alive. We saved your life. Did you? Did the government save your life? Right, because you, you really, really don't care about us. Because I, I don't believe you did. I don't believe that. I believe that people get sick and they get better. Just like me, just like you. Just mm. like Kat. Just, just like, like my Sydney. wife who had the Rona. I'm sure Harper had the Rona. <clears throat> they didn't Kira care Lee. about her at all. Yeah, Kira Lee had it. She's uh, a kid. She's a kid. She had a sniffle. She was joking. She wanted some COVID ice cream. <laughs> so it doesn't affect the kids. Why are the schools closed? Why are we doing this? Why, why, why? And the answer is that I get back or that I hear is to save lives. Whose life? <clears throat> because you need to take those people whose life you think you're saving and then you need to go quarantine them and protect them and have them wear masks and have them stay away until and what's this funny, is resolved. What's funny with that too that you're saying is, man, when you test positive for the Rona, you get a call from a nurse, whoever this nurse may or may not be, and they're like, who is every single person you've been in con contact with in the last 14 days? And I said, well, the people I've been in contact with have all gotten tested. And she goes, oh, okay, no big deal then. I won't ask for their names and numbers. And then she goes, who's your boss? What's his number? Like, I'm not just giving out everyone's cell phone number. Like, right. what are you going to do with this? Well, we, we need to con contact your boss and your employer so they know. Okay, I'm pretty sure I'm going to tell them too. 
Yeah, my boss's name's Joe. His number is five 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 one two. Yeah, but like they ask for all this information. Why? And I'm just saying, I'm, I'm sure we'll find out things things to come, right? Because do you remember yeah. back in September 11th in 2001, mm-hmm. what happened? And all of a sudden, we have Homeland Security and the Patriot Act signed into law. Why? So America can spy on on Americans. So now they're like, hey, we got this, we got this disease, right? Or this sickness going around. And they're using this as an excuse for mail-in ballots, right? Yep. We have to change election law yep. for the Check. health of the people. Yeah, we don't really care about you. We just Check. don't want you to get corona. We don't want Check. you to get the rona, right? And funny enough, the Lysol cans that everyone was like, oh, that doesn't really ki- kill SARS-CoV-2. That's referring to the first coronavirus or the class of coronaviruses. Guess what? Lysol just came out and said, hey, we do kill SARS-CoV-2. Just just a little nugget. Cram it wherever you want. But all this stuff has happened for the government to say, hey, we are going to be tyrannical. We're going to do it right in front of your face because we can, because we don't really care about you. We don't really care about you, no matter what happens, unless you're literally dying, unless you have pre-existing health conditions and you are dying, right? There has to be the combination of them for someone to actually care about you Mm -hmm. in some way, but they're using it as an excuse, just like they did for 9-11 to introduce new government protocols to oversee us they're doing it right right in front of our faces that they want to make connections because i'm literally asking her like what are you going to do with this because literally everyone that i can tell you that i was in contact with i can contact them myself they don't trust you to do it so what is the point if all they're going to do is contact them and say hey were you with so-and-so on this date at this time at this, at this place, yes or no? Well, they had the Rona. Oh, okay. Thank you. Right. But they can't really draw the line back to who got it from who, from where, right? Because they don't know, is that incubation period? Did your symptoms start to show up in three days or 14 days? Right. Cause that makes a big difference. It does. Maybe it was at five days. Maybe it was at seven, right? Because you're literally the only person I was in contact with for two weeks. Well, there's one other that got that tested positive for the Rona. The other person was with all sorts of people. Well, I say that unknowingly, but he went to other things, right? So how are you, what is the point of me giving you this timeline of two weeks of people for you to trace it back even though you can't really connect the dots like what are you doing with this information right Mm -hmm. it's insane what are you doing with it and she couldn't really give me an answer well we're gonna call them awesome because anyone that i told you that i already called you're not calling so what's it matter Uh, well we don't really care about you just don't get the rona here's where we're at man 1984, George Orwell. Wow. 
Everything other than working was forbidden. Walking in the streets, having fun, singing, dancing, getting together, everything was forbidden. We're on that path, folks. Wow. We need wow. to change. Crazy. Until then, you know what, Chad? May peace this be was, with you. I say peace be with you. By the way, did you hear my man Dave throw that hot drop on you? <laughs> last week's episode it wasn't that we were we were sitting there like man what does he say he's like and whatever he rolled with it was amazing <laughs> good old dave prisbillo peace be with you we lift up our hearts <laughs> yeah. uh, we lift them up to the lord Ridiculous. i still love you <clears throat>